Hey everybody and welcome back to NFL Insights. This is episode 14. Brennan's going to be breaking down the week 15 slate for you. He's coming off a 12-3 and week last week. Uh, we're coming to you a day early, so some of you might be hearing this a day earlier than usual. We usually record on Saturday, but because there's Saturday games, we figured we'd uh, get the episode out a day early. So we will waste no time, and we will go into the 4.30 game uh, for tomorrow, which is the 10-3 Bills at the 5-8 and eight Broncos. So last time we saw the Bills, they defeated the 11-1 Steelers at home. The offense did a really good job, as well as the defense, most notably a pick-six. This team was really good last year, but had a pretty disappointing playoff loss, and now they seem super determined to get back into the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game this time. The Bills are looking like one of the top teams in the AFC. Josh Allen has evolved into a top quarterback in the league, and even though Drew Locke had one of his better outings last week against the Panthers, I still think the Bills are more superior than the Broncos, and I predict they will win, and as a result of winning, they would win their first AFC East title since 1995. Well, it's the Bills to win. Okay, and you were just speaking of the Panthers, and lo and behold, here they are. Uh, the 8-15 game on Saturday uh, brings the 4-9 Panthers into Lambeau to face the 10-3 and Packers. Yeah, I just don't think this one is going to be very close at all. Aaron Rodgers has been playing like the MVP of the season so far, and most people would say he's probably solidified that spot perhaps for the rest of the season. I still think it'll be close race between him and Patrick Mahomes to the end, but he's the current leader in passing touchdowns. And the Panthers have a very bad defense pretty much all year long, so it will have it will be a very good opportunity for him. Also, not not anything new. We've, this has been the theme all year, but no Christian McCaffrey again, listed as doubtful, even though they, they thought he might have a chance at playing. It won't happen. The Panthers do have a pretty talented core of wide receivers and some good tight ends, but um, I just don't think they have the tools to keep up with the Packers on the road, and that defense has really struggled all year long. Also, Matt LaFleur, in the Matt LaFleur era, the Packers only have two losses at home, which is really good, so I think the Packers get another one at home. Okay, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, not a lot of good games on uh, looking ahead at the schedule, um, but let's go with the First of the not good games, the five and eight Forty Niners at the four and nine Cowboys. Back in the eighties and nineties, this always seemed to be a, a one of the a, a great matchup. And when this game was first announced, we thought the teams would be a lot better in heading into this game than where they are. But that's not the case. Um, the Forty Niners came off of a game they should have won against the Washington Football Team, where they allowed them to score two defensive touchdowns, take those away, and they win. And the Cowboys came off of a blowout win over the Joe Burrowless Bengals, but honestly, anyone can do that. Um, I feel like this game is pretty evenly matched. I think it could be a high-scoring affair, but as you've seen for most of this season, the Cowboys' rush defense is straight-up horrible. They gave up 300 rushing yards to the Browns back in Week 4, and in a game against the Ravens just a couple of weeks ago. They almost gave up 300 rushing yards again. And the 49ers have multiple talented running backs, such as Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Jarek McKinnon. So I think 
the, the plan is to attack the Cowboys on the ground with the run game, and I think the Cowboys will be helpless to stop it. I think that defense has been performing a little bit under the radar and people haven't noticed, so I think they should be able to have a good game, especially considering the Cowboys are pretty much using all backups on the offensive line. I think the 49ers will win. Let's move on to Washington, uh, where the 9-4 and four Seahawks will invade and try to take on the 6-7 and seven Washington football team. Washington football team sure is surprised. They beat the undefeated Steelers and then once a second consecutive road game against the 49ers, but this is going to be a really tough game as well. I think Ross Wilson has played his way out of MVP consideration, but still has had a good year overall. He set a Seahawks franchise record with 36 passing touchdowns, and that not in the entire game against the Jets, but as as a whole on the season, he has 36 passing touchdowns. He reached that mark in that 43 win against the Jets, but anyone can beat the Jets, and this is a little more um, challenging this time around. They, their, their Washington football team defensive line is fierce and loaded with talent, multiple first-round picks, but I think that the Seahawks wide receivers are going to have a really good day. The secondary has been a little suspect at times, I feel, so I think that the defense is going to have a, a hard time, especially because they've struggled against rookie, I that, sorry, they've struggled against mobile quarterbacks early on in the season, as we saw with Tyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, they just lit them up, so I think the Seahawks will be too much for the Washington football team to handle, so I think the Seahawks win on the road. Let's move on to uh, NFC North Division, uh, two teams that are uh, fighting for their playoff lives, even though they're almost certainly eliminated, but not mathematically so. The 6-7 and seven Bears go to Minnesota to take on the 6-7 and seven Vikings. Yeah, both of them still have a chance, like you said, but I think it's very unlikely for both. Both of these teams had very different performances from last week. The Bears straight up annihilated the Houston Texans in what might have been the best game they played all year. The offense, I think, it was I think the final score was 36 to seven. Um, they, I think that would have, that was the most points they've scored all season. It's been extremely hard for them to score points most of this season, and the defense only gave up seven points. That defense had been had been carved up in recent weeks, but then but proceeded to play as we all thought they would. Meanwhile, the Vikings, the offense did a mostly good job against the Buccaneers, so I thought Dalvin Cook rushed for over 100 yards, which was which is near impossible to do on the Buccaneers' number one ranked rush defense, and the wide receivers made some plays, and they got into the red zone very commonly, but the they kept getting sacks, which moved them back, and Dan Bailey missed all of his field goal attempts. He missed one extra point and I believe three extra three field goal attempts. And I think I read he was like like the second player since 1970 to miss all of his attempts. And if you if he makes all those, they might have a chance at winning, but not the case. It was pretty disappointing. Last time the Vikings beat the Bears, Nick Foles was the starter, but now Trubisky has reclaimed the spot. And I think that the Bears are better on offense with Mitchell Trubisky because he brings the mobile element that Nick Foles doesn't have. This was a really close game last time, and I think that the Bears will go into 
Minnesota and get an upset win, I think. Whoa, picking against his team. I didn't see that one coming. Let's do to another divisional game down in Miami. If this was any past year, we'd be talking about the Patriots trying to get a first round bye, but they seem to be out of it at six and seven. And meanwhile, the Dolphins are eight and five and trying to uh, get a playoff spot. They're already in that playoff spot, but yes, though I think they'll be in a big fight with the Baltimore Ravens for that seventh spot because the Dolphins seem to have it pretty hard the rest of the way and. The Ravens seem to have it pretty easy the rest of the way. Um, Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback that generally doesn't work very well, as I saw on the NFL app when this week began, week 15. I saw that rookie quarterbacks are seven and 21 all time versus Bill Belichick as head coach, and that's not very good. Justin Herbert has been mostly lighting up the league all year long, but then when he faced the Patriots, it was a 45 to zero loss in which they just couldn't amount to anything on offense. I don't know what Bill Belichick showed him that was different than other defenses, but it worked. And Tua Tunga Bailoa is going to have a challenge here. The Patriots offense has been a little unimpressive lately, but they did enough to get by in week one when the season began. But now these teams are very different now than they were in week one, especially because Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter back in week one and not to a tongue of Iloa. So the Dolphins have a very have it very hard the rest of the way. They have this game at home against the Patriots and then consecutive road games against the Raiders and the Bills. Now we've seen this team have some impressive wins early on, such as against the Cardinals on the road. And they are loaded with a lot of draft picks next year, but we'll see over these next three games if they're ready to compete right now or if they need a little more help in some other areas. And I think they are very talented, but I still think they have a little bit more of a way, a way to, a ways to go. So I think I'm going to take the Patriots. I think the defense is going to confuse to a tongue of Iloa, and I think they'll just barely win in a defensive slog. All right. Uh, let's go to the 1-12 Jaguars heading into Baltimore to take on the 8-5 Ravens. This has lock of the week potential, I think. Almost, but not yet. I think that'll be coming later. But yes, this is um, when you look at these records and just how these teams have played all season long. Yeah, I think it's going to be an easy win for the Ravens because they're at home. Uh, they, the offense has started to come together in recent weeks after some struggles in recent weeks. They've been putting up over 30 in two consecutive games now. They they carved up the Cowboys defense, which anyone can do. But then they went into into Cleveland in what might have been the game of the year. Um, a lot of people didn't think they could do it, well, although I did, even though I was rooting for the Browns, even though I don't have anything against the Ravens. But then they proceeded to score 47 points, which I believe was a season high. And it was very impre- impressive and they're still alive because that might have, they might have they might have been finished if they lost that game. Now they have it very easy the rest of the way. This game against the Jaguars, then versus the Giants next week, and then at the Bengals week 17. So I think the potential is there easily to go 11 and five and get in, and perhaps the Dolphins will lose some other games on the way. So yeah, the Jaguars they've had periods where they've gotten close, such as against the Vikings, Browns, and the Packers, but then. Last week against the Titans, they looked like 
that team that looks like their record, 1-12. and 12. And, yeah, it's just a, a really bad team, and I think the Ravens are just going to destroy them. All right, let's move on to uh, Bucks-Falcons. So the Buccaneers got a win against the Vikings last week after coming out of their bye week. I think the bye week gave them a little uh, rest, which we, which I think they needed because the bye was so late for them this year. And uh, both teams are a little injured. Um, Ronald Jones has a, a little bit of a finger injury and also got added to the reserve list as well as offensive as well as tackle Donovan Smith, which could be a little bit of trouble. But the Falcons would be without Julio Jones again, and that's good news for a secondary that has struggled recently. Um, Falcons defense has had their ups and downs, but I think that this wide receiver core and tight end group will be a little too much to handle. So I think the Buccaneers will win on the road. All right, let's go to Tennessee, where the five and eight Lions will come in to try to knock off the nine and four Titans. Yeah, I don't see that happening, especially because uh, Matthew Stafford suffered a rib injury in that loss versus the Packers last week, and now reportedly his status is in doubt. And the Lions, they're pretty not—they're not very talented with Matthew Stafford there. I think most of the problems are on defense, but uh, not the, not a very talented team this year, not in recent memory really. Um, and I just think that. The defense, the defense has struggled all season long, and I think it most definitely will again against this Titans offense, which is just downright explosive. So I think the Titans get a win. Let's go down to Indianapolis, where the 4-9 Texans will come in to play the 9-4 Colts. These teams played just a couple of weeks ago, and it was closer than I thought it would be. The Texans were on a first and were in the red zone, but then fumbled in the red zone when they could have won. Um, and now they lost that game, and then they had a blowout loss to the Bears. I think it's all crashing down and falling down in Houston, um, even though David Johnson is expected, to be, is expected to be back, and most likely Brandon Cooks as well. I just think the Colts are, are have more talent and are better coached, and I think they'll sweep the Texans. All right. How about the four eight and one Eagles being quarterbacked by Jalen Hurts at the seven and six Cardinals? Yes, Jalen Hurts got his first start against the Saints after Carson Wentz got benched, which is a move we all saw coming for some time now after Wentz's horrible play. And Jalen Hurts must have been just the energy spark that they needed. They got a win, which they something they haven't gotten in a while. Um, the Saints hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in like 50 games or something like that, and then Miles Sanders rushed for 100 yards, and Jalen Hurts himself had 100 yards, and the offense just uh, looked better, and the defense did its job against the Saints, who had been playing pretty good with Taysom Hill under center, but the bad news is the Eagles have been struggling with injuries pretty much for years now, and they sustained multiple of them in that when Jack Driscoll, a rookie backup tackle they were using, is out for the season with an MCL injury. Rodney McLeod, safety, and also, I believe, the Eagles' Walter Payton 
NFL Man of the Year nominee. He's out for the season with the torn ACL. Cornerback Avante Maddox is going to miss some time with an injury. And Darius Slice suffered a concussion in that win as well. And I don't know what his status is, but even if he is healthy, he's going to face off against DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers in the business. And the Cardinals can attack you in a, in a, in a number of ways. They've got Christian Kirk as well, who's been a really good wide receiver for them. You've got the future Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald, and the list goes on and on. They have a lot of weapons, and I just think that this uh, Cardinals offense is going to be too much for this banged-up secondary to handle. So you're going with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. All right, let's check in on the shame of the NFL, the mm-hmm. 0-13 Jets heading into L.A. to take on the 9-4 and Rams. Yep, this is my lock of the week right here. This Jets team is an absolute joke. In all my years of watching football, I think this is the worst NFL team I've ever seen. There's really nothing left to say. And the Rams, they just look more and more impressive each week. That defense is one of the best in the league. The offense is looking really good. They almost look like that team that went to the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. So I think they're going to easily beat this this pathetic excuse of a football team. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you are undefeated on your locks of the week. Sure am. Okay. Now, what seems to be the marquee matchup of the week is the 12-1 and Chiefs at the 10-3 and Saints. Late-breaking news is that Drew Brees will replace Taysom Hill for this game. Yep, it was unsure if he would play. They were talking about uh, not rushing him back, but now, now they will um, bring him back. And this is really important in for a lot of reasons. Uh, the Chiefs are still are trying to clinch the number one seed in the AFC, which is all the more important this year because only one team gets a bye in each conference. Now that there's an additional wild card team and the Saints are still trying to get the number one seed for themselves, something that can happen if they beat the Chiefs, which is a very hard thing to do. If they win every remaining game and the Packers remaining schedule, Packers are the number one seed right now. They're they're versus the Panthers this week, which I think they'll win. Then they play the Titans next week at home at Lambeau Field. That game, they I still think the Packers will win, but they might lose that one. So the Saints are really going to have to hope the Titans win that one. Then they're at the Bears. So if the Packers slip up against the Titans and the Saints win every remaining game, they might have a chance. But I just think that you can't bet against this Chiefs team. They're so... Explosive game in and game out. The defense is a little suspect, but I don't know how much, how good Drew Brees is going to look after after weeks of missing time with uh, with multiple injured ribs and a punctured lung. Even though the word is that he's good to go, I don't know if how this offense can keep up with with this Chiefs offense. They'll probably have to go for it on fourth down a lot because I think the only way you beat Patrick Mahomes is to keep him off the field. The defense has played pretty well all year long, the Saints defense, but they haven't seen anything like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They did just lose to a rookie quarterback in Jalen Hurts making his first ever NFL start. I guess that's because they didn't know what to expect, but I think this Chiefs team is just un- unstoppable. So I think the Chiefs win. Okay, let's go to the night game, which brings the N and nine, N and four, the nine and four Browns into MetLife Stadium to take on the five and eight Giants. 
the Browns, uh, even though they lost to the Ravens, they played so hard, and even though they lost, everyone agreed and said the same thing. This isn't the same old Browns anymore. Um, any other Browns team under any other head coach would have just uh, um, packed up their things and went by and, and, and left by halftime. They would have just gotten blown out. But despite all of the adversity they faced in that game, they they kept fighting and fighting and fighting, but sadly fell up short in the end. But the good news is that this team has the Giants and Jets in consecutive weeks. So that means they should get 11 wins and most likely make the playoffs. The Giants are super banged up. They're going to be without Daniel Jones this week, who suffered an ankle injury and in that loss to the Cardinals, in which also I remember seeing him walk onto the field clearly limping with, I think, that hamstring injury from a couple of weeks before that game. Um, James Bradbury, their number one cornerback and one of the best cornerbacks in football this year, is going to be out due to being placed on the reserve list. So you've got a depleted, depleted secondary and you're starting veteran Colt McCoy against the Browns and luckily for the Browns Colt McCoy isn't a mobile threat like Lamar Jackson whatsoever. Lamar Jackson just gave the Browns headaches all night long in that game but I think the Browns uh, defense will have a, a much better outing against uh, this Giants team that looked a lot like the team that started 0-5 last year. They looked, they looked like that team that started 0-5 to begin the season against the Cardinals. So I think the Browns are going to win this game. All right, let's wrap it up with the Monday night game, which is going to be a tough watch. The 11-2 Steelers at the Burrowless 2-10-1 Bengals. The Bengals looked like they were, well, they still weren't very good. They still had a lot of ways to go, I thought. But Joe Burrow kept them in in almost every game. But then he went down for the season, and we all knew there's, they, we knew they weren't going to make the playoffs or anything, but we all knew they were finished the minute he suffered that injury. They've been winless without him and have just really struggled to put up points. And the reason they lost Joe Burrow is because they can't protect their quarterback. This offensive line is one of the worst in the league. It contributed to Joe Burrow's ACL and MCL injury. And their backup, Brandon Allen, suffered bone, a bone bruise and lost to the Cowboys. The offensive line is directly responsible for their quarterbacks getting knocked out of games. So now they're down to their third stringer, Ryan Finley, who saw time last year after Andy Dalton got benched. And I believe, he, yeah, he went winless as a starter. He just isn't very good. But also that can be directly attributed to the offensive line, which isn't very good either. And the Steelers' defensive front, even though it will be without uh, Bud Dupree and Devin Bush, uh, I still I think there's going to be a lot of sacks by the Steelers. This offense has struggled in recent weeks, but Bengals' defense is terrible. So this should be a get-right game for the Steelers. And there you have it. Those are Brennan's picks for Week 15. We thank you, as always, for listening. Be sure to visit us at anchor.fm. If there's any late-breaking information, we will uh, post it on the episode description there. And please make sure, if you like us, that you share and tell your friends and subscribe. And we'll talk to you next week. Take care.